Welcome to the Agent Success Institute podcast. This is a space where you can learn, gain confidence, and grow your business as an independent agent, not part of a real estate team. We're happy to have you with us today, so let's get started. Okay, this is our last week of Foundation February, and today, like I said, we're going to talk a little more about lenders and get into more information with that than we just kind of barely discussed it last week. So what I want to talk to you about is finding your lenders and then some stories that are practical that you can use. So lenders can make or break a deal. A pre-approval letter doesn't always mean that they're approved for a loan. And if you haven't sold long enough to figure that out, I promise that you will. So you need to find three lenders that you think are great. And I mean, at least three that you can give names and addresses, names and addresses. Let's try that again. Names and phone numbers to your buyers. The reason for three is there's a couple of reasons. Number one, to give your buyer options. Number two, they might have different loan types. So for example, we have a bank here. I use often the loan officer and his bank does not have FHA or VA or USDA, actually. It's more of a traditional bank. So by giving them multiple options, the lenders are going to have whatever programs they need, hopefully. Also, you might have a good lender that the lender is is good and the institution is good, but if the lender leaves, the other lenders might not be as great. So it's good to have multiple lenders in case a lender that you use that's great leaves for another bank. So here's an example. I have this national bank. There's a particular national bank that I use and my loan officer is in one part of the state and one of my clients was using a loan officer of that same bank at another part of the state. And he was terrible. Like he put them in a wrong loan because I'm even like, why are you using that loan? You don't need to for your situation. And really, you, it was really obvious that I think he knew what he was doing. He just wanted to do whatever was going to be easy for him, less work or whatever. And so if you have multiple loan officers and then one that you really like changes to a different industry altogether or changes to a different bank, you're still covered for that. So I'm going to tell you some stories about the lenders that I've used, and then I'm going to tell you um, some negative lending stories and then some practical tips that you can use for your buyers. And the reason I'm doing it this way is because I know there are people listening to this who are maybe brand new to the industry or who haven't um, maybe sold very much or who have only been in it not long enough to feel comfortable. And I feel like stories are a good way to get help us remember the situation as professionals, but also to help our buyers remember the scenarios too. So I'm really hoping to leave you guys with some practical stuff today that you can use. So I'm going to start with the first lender that I ever worked with, and her name was Linda. And this was 20 years ago. So at that time, the lenders would you know, go to the different offices and meet everyone. And she was very, very, very nice, very kind, and really loved people. And at that time, I didn't know you were supposed to have more than one loan officer. I dealt with two other ones who were terrible. So I literally sent all of my business to her. Um, there was no nothing in it for me. I wasn't getting kickbacks or anything else. I just it, 
the the part for me was that my buyers were happy because their loans always close, often early, and no negative surprises. She was on top of everything and her pre-approvals were good. So for probably the first six years, she was the only person I used because no one told me that you were supposed to have more than one. And then I was at an office meeting um, at a company I was at, and the broker had her lender come that she used, and he came to this office meeting to talk about loans. And, you know, anybody can stand there and talk about loans or real estate or anything else in front of you and 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 sound like they're knowledgeable and even be knowledgeable, but not be great at what they do or honest or whatever. So I kind of... I listen to them, but I don't think, oh, yeah, this is the person I'm going to use was my loan officer. So I wasn't really impressed with what he had to say. He was talking about banking. I mean, I had done this long enough to know the kinds of loans and et cetera. But then the broker mentioned his work ethic and the broker said, I knew he was the lender for me when he answered his phone on his honeymoon, which also impressed me. Now, keep in mind, I am not telling you at all to answer the phone on your honeymoon. In fact, I'm telling you not to answer your phone. But I got the point that he worked hard, and that's what I wanted, someone who worked hard just like Linda did. Didn't want somebody who worked nine to five, Monday through Friday, not on holidays. And so many lenders, that was the schedule they kept. So, you know, you don't want to meet a buyer on Saturday who can't get approved and see the house they love on Saturday. And then Monday is a holiday. It just, I understand that that's how some institutions work. It's just not what I wanted for my clients. So the fact that he worked hard, even if he was a little crazy about it with the whole answering his phone on his honeymoon, I appreciated that. And I tested him out and I used him and he did work hard. And in fact, I use him to this day. And since then, I've added several other lenders too. And I'm going to share like the criteria that I look for at the end. But first, I want to tell you some stories about situations where buyers were under contract, buyers had pre-approval letters, and their lender did not close it and how we were able to still get it done. And these are the stories that I want you to be able to have if you don't have any of your own or you need additional ones to tell your buyers. So you can say, hey, I heard a story from another real estate agent. And you can tell this story. Um, because obviously we've not met each other in person, but you can still tell them, I heard this from another real estate agent. And then you have stories to tell that can help you help your buyers out. So here's the first one. Um, I was meeting with this guy. He had wanted to use his local bank. Now, when I say local, it's going to vary by area, but local might mean you go to your downtown office, you have an account there, or you go to your downtown bank, you have an account there, and then you think they're doing your loan, but it's actually being sent off somewhere else. And that was the case with this guy. So he felt like it was his bank. He was loyal to it, loyal to the tellers. They had a lot of local offices. What he didn't realize is that The loans were not even done in our state. They were done somewhere else at their corporate office. And so it wasn't the customer service that he was necessarily expecting. And the lender sure knew how to talk, though. He was great. He had the best loan programs. He had this, blah, blah, blah. But we were not closing on time. And he was not super responsive. And every week, he just saying, I just need one more week, one more week. So we're at week four, not even close to a clear close. We're at week five. I just need one more week. We're at week six. The lender 
still is telling him that this is going to close. He just needs more time. Well, of course, the listing agent's getting squirrely. And I finally said, listen, I didn't say anything when you wanted to use your local, local bank. Like, I've been on top of this guy. I've been contacting him. I know you have as well. And I'm telling you, you need to decide how loyal you are to this guy because you're going to lose this house. And the funny thing was when we started out, it was 100% loyalty. I'm never going to step on someone's toe and force them to use my lender. I will suggest a lender. And if they have one, then that's fine. But at this point, all of a sudden, the guy's, my buyer's loyalty was changing a little bit. He's like, yeah, let me talk to your lender. And I called my lender first. I gave him the situation. I'm like, can you help him? He said, yes. And I told the listing agent, listen, my lender can do this. Give us three more weeks because you can't close another loan most likely that fast and we're this far in it. Will your people wait? Well, luckily it was a vacant house. The seller was very gracious and gave us an extra three weeks. And after waiting like six weeks for his quote local bank that wasn't local to close the loan, my mortgage broker, and when I say my, I just mean the one that I used that I had met at that meeting actually closed it in three weeks and we were able to get it done. And Seller was happy, listing agent was happy, buyer was happy, and I was happy. Another client insisted on using her mom's bank. Now, this was not just mom's bank. This was grandpa's bank. This had been a generational bank to them. They'd always done their banking there. They had a really good relationship with the bank, and she was adamant that's who she wanted to use. And I said, that's fine, no problem. And it was a very local small bank, and that I said, okay, let's do it. So the bank gave her a pre-approval letter. They started her loan. And then we're a few weeks into this and they said, we can't do your financing. They missed something in the pre-approval. I can't remember what it was. Something that was not how their bank did it, but it might be okay with another bank. Um, And I wish I could remember what it was. And I'm sorry, I can't. So it was the same thing. Like, I got to go to the listing agent and say, well, hey, we're this far through it. Everything was good. And now the bank's like, no, we can't do it. And so I said, will you let her call my loan officer? And I had mentioned that, of course, in the beginning. And she wanted to use her own bank. But this time, like the last guy, she's like, yep, let's use your bank. And I told him, my lender, I'm like, we have very limited time. Like, you've got to make sure you can do this. And if you can, you got to get it done fast. And he did. And it was, I think we were 20 days from start to close. And they were happy. The seller was happy. The listing agent was happy. It all had a happy ending. But how many times does that not happen? Where you'll see a house that says in the broker remarks back on market due to buyer financing and falling through. And I've seen it fall through days before when we'll say, you know, they fell through the day before closing. So that's why it's so important to make sure that you have multiple good lenders lined up so that your clients don't have to experience this. You can have these stories to tell your buyers, okay, if this is what happens if you kind of find somebody on your own and it's not great. It can be great, but here are some warning stories, essentially, I might be a little strong of a word, and you can use these stories to help your client see what can happen that may or may not happen and they can make up for Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is what to look for in a lender. And these are some tips that same thing, you can give your buyer as they're looking for a lender and kind of let them see how this works. So the first one is I would tell them 
not to just go online and find a lender. It seems like they're just finding random banks no one's ever heard of, and it's, you know, 10 states away. And if that's the case, and you're calling a call center, I mean, let's be realistic. That person has zero connection to you, to your buyer, to the area. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes what I see in that case is that um, to some of the loan officers, they're just another number, right? They might get 50 phone calls that day. And so if they're not, if yours doesn't close, it's not the end of the world to them. Now, keep in mind that that is not every bank, but that can happen. I've seen that happen multiple times or the person won't call them back. The lender won't call them back. So it just doesn't make sense when there's so many other close options. It doesn't really make sense always to use somebody online. Now, again, I'm not saying all all loan officers online are terrible. I'm just saying it can go either way. And from my experience, it doesn't always go great. So there you go. Um, And the other thing I would tell your buyer is to ask you for some suggestions as a real estate agent. Because all these nightmare stories that I told you or these two examples could have been completely avoided if they had used my lenders of choice. In fact, they would have closed in half the time because they already waited for weeks and weeks for it to close. Now, again, I don't want to force them to use my lender, but if you're having conversations initially and you are saying to them, you know, hey, these are some stories just to kind of be aware of as you're finding a lender, that could be helpful. So I would suggest that they ask you for suggestions and then you need to have suggestions. So if they ask you for a, a lender's name and you're like, um, um, let me get back with you on that. That's not helping them get pre-approved right away, but it also is going to put a little bit of doubt in their mind as far as, well, how is her loan officer good? She's never even, you know, used her. I can't remember his name. So be prepared with loan officers' names and numbers and also ask them if they would like suggestions. And then I would also tell my buyer to make sure that they like their loan officer. So because they're going to be talking on the phone with them, that loan officer is going to be the a big part of their closing. So for example, if they need, if they're someone who needs to maybe have somebody available in the evening and their loan officer will answer the phone in the evening, but is like super grumpy, that might not be a good fit for them. If your buyer is wants short, simple phone calls because they're busy or they're not a big phone talker and the lender is constantly calling them all the time, it's going to be annoying to them. And even if the loan officer is great and closes it, there might be a little bit of a not personality mesh. So uh, we had a loan officer who was really, really good at what he did. And he was calling all the time with updates. And one of my agents is like, I just don't want any more updates. So that's kind of something to figure out. By the same token, if you have a buyer who constantly wants the calls and updates, you're not going to, they might not be interested in a lender who, you know, doesn't return phone calls very often. Or if they're quiet, they might not want a jokester who is their loan officer who's always trying to make them laugh. I mean, you get what I'm saying. Like personality can play into that. And so I would just say pick some that they like. So if, you know, it's if they made some financial mistakes and the loan officer's always harping on them about that and making them feel not smart, then they might not like that. And so that you just want to have somebody who is going to someone they're going to like. And that's what you want to tell your buyer. Hey, buyer, make sure that your loan officer is someone that you feel comfortable talking to. So the real, so the real quick breakdown on that 
is make sure you tell your buyers, hey, I'm going to give you names and numbers and email addresses. Here's three or more. But as you're doing this, I want you to keep in mind, um, I would not look for a lender online. I would definitely, although they can, again, I'm not bashing online lenders. I'm just saying that will, that may not work for everybody. Um, and then also you want to ask me, buyer, ask me for some suggestions. I have some. Here they are. Give them your suggestions. And then tell your buyers that even if they only call your people and don't call anybody else to make sure that they feel comfortable with them and that they um, have a good personality mesh because they're going to be, you know, dealing with them for the next four weeks and they want it to be, you want it to be a good fit so they're comfortable and enjoy the process. So I hope this helps. I hope Foundation February helped. I feel like it's just a good way to have that all these people lined up to help you from the start because you will need them. And when you have that foundation of solid people, it makes the process, you know, the whole process go a lot smoother because you can be phenomenal. But if your support staff around you, so all the people we've talked about this month are not, it can still make what should be a good experience for your client not that great. So build up your foundation and get started and go build that awesome career. That's it for today. Thanks for listening and may your career be blessed as you bless others. 